0: We want to sign people with a viral
1: hit on TikTok only. Yeah, that's really... I'm like, that's really, so embarrassing for you. It's real. Yeah. It's, 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 that's so it's embarrassing. It's thing. Hi, I'm Madison Malone-Kircher.
0: And I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to I Feel I In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. And we have the most important news of the century, maybe? The queen's not dead. Shocking Literally everyone, including me. She made an appearance over the weekend just in time for her Platinum Jubilee, which is the celebration of her 70th anniversary of ascending to the throne for those who don't keep up with royals, which you shouldn't. But I'm not gonna lie, her appearance mostly just reminded me that she can literally just disappear for months.
1: She's very old. Will we grant her that? I mean, if she's so old, she should retire. She should retire. The institution itself should retire. Who can? Who can say?
0: You're not wrong. There was, I importantly, there was also a hologram at this uh, platinum jubilee. Well,
1: it wasn't a hologram. It wasn't a real hologram.
0: What do you mean it wasn't a real hologram?
1: Holograms are three dimensional. You can walk around them and see their, you know, faces and their butts. Wow, not the semantic queen. This was more akin to, like, if you've ever been to the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, there's this vignette of all these waltzing, creepy little ghosties. Which, cool trick, not a hologram. So what you're saying
0: is the queen is not a ghost.
1: No, actually she is! Oh my god, that's so funny that you say that! Because it wasn't a hologram, it was pretty likely a a thing known as Pepper's Ghost, which is like a hundreds of years old technology that dates back to, like, the stage. It's just a bit of trickery of the eye. No, no, nope. that's all the time we have. Did I to discuss mention I was on an jubilee. academic quiz bowl team in high school? <laughs> Wait, we didn't even talk about the only thing I want to talk about. One of us has to say it. We have to wish our listeners across the pond a happy
0: Platty Jubes. Okay, that is all the time we have for platy Jubes, for Platinum Jubilee. Not least because the only royals we care about in this house either died approximately like 400 years ago or are Amelia Mionet, Thermopolis Rinaldi, queen of Genovia. Cue Genovian theme song.
1: Genovia, the land I call my home. Here's where I pivot to the Canadian national anthem. True North and Strong. I love that movie, Uh, man. It's so good. Okay, if I can't complain about the platy jubes anymore, I do have a complaint I'd like to launch with TikTok. Again, shocking no one. They changed around where all my little icons are and it's messing with my For You page experience.
0: This is kind of giving when my mother is like, Microsoft Word changed this archaic thing. It's giving, get off my lawn.
1: Did you just liken me to your mother? That's a How compliment. old do you to think you. I am? <laughs> I mean, this complaint is giving. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving middle-aged, but what exactly is going on? All right. On my middle-aged for you page, there is now an icon between the comments bubble and the share arrow. It's a bookmark. When you click it, it adds whatever video you're watching to your favorites collection. So in theory, it's to help us organize our favorites into separate collections. But instead, it's just messing with my TikTok experience because every time I go to read the comments, which a critical part of getting mm-hmm. the full TikTok experience, I just keep hitting bookmark instead and then being Like What I've learned though is because I've been talking to people about this, not everyone has this. Our producer Daniel and I were chatting about it and he doesn't have the feature. (laughs) And then we looked on Reddit and there's a user over there who's been deleting and re-downloading the app over the last few months. Why? Because sometimes they have this feature and sometimes they don't huh. I'm gonna be honest. I have this feature and I really like it.
0: I am constantly bookmarking things for this show for my general life. And before I used to have to go click the three little dots and then find the bookmark button on
1: that little menu. And now it's just right there. I like it. Picasso. Professionally, I also like it as someone who's constantly saving TikToks for this job, uh, although have learned the hard way. The only true way to save a TikTok is to download the video or screen record it, lest you return and find the just heartbreaking video not available.
0: RIP all the times. We should have saved videos and did not. RIP
1: the storage space on my phone. You gotta get a hard drive for that shit. I guess if you are listening to this and have curated any collections you think I'll enjoy or will enjoy, please send them our way, but, uh... This is all, I guess, for the uh, old man yells at cloud section of today's episode of ICYMI. But in my defense, I'm not the only one complaining about TikTok right now, and uh, that's actually what we're going to talk about on the show today.
0: Yes. We are talking about other people complaining about TikTok. It's an Ouroboros of complaining. Yes, I did learn that word a month ago, and yes, I will be continuing to use it every single episode. On the show today, we're talking about a recent trend of musicians taking to the clock app to promo their music, but not in the way that you would expect. Instead of the typical, here's this new song I have and I'd love you to listen, they're saying, my record label is forcing me to be here. Is this just... A craven marketing ploy? Or are these musicians really being oppressed by their record labels?
1: More on that after the break.
0: And we're back on TikTok, an app that all of us apparently are sick of, including musicians.
1: Over the last few months, musicians have been posting TikToks supposedly to promote their new music. Um, but kind of with what we could best describe as hostage situation vibes. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a great description. Yeah, it's basically like, you know, Florence, blink twice if you need help kind of thing. And when I say Florence, I mean Florence Welch of Florence and the Machine, who in March released this video of just herself singing to the camera. I was always able to write my way out. Song always made sense to me. Now I find that when I look down, every page is empty. There is nothing to describe. That sounds lovely, right? Yeah. Still the caption? The Not so lovely. So that says... The label are begging me for, quote, lo-fi TikTok, so here you go. Please send help. Skull and crossbones emoji.
0: This doesn't quite surprise me from Florence in that she's kind of notoriously private. I think of her as one of those musicians who writes an album, goes on a tour, and then disappears into the woods
1: for a few years. Oh, for sure. And, like, if you've seen her on one of those tours, the... Only time I saw her before, I distinctly remember her just begging the audience to put their phones away to like join a a community of people in a place and not be online. So it wasn't surprising to me to see this. It was also not surprising when I went to the comments and they were full of people being like, sorry, Florence, we like this. Give us more. (laughs) This is good. Like, we want more from you. But the thing is, it didn't stop in March with that Florence TikTok. Right. So in the same month, we get this from the band Tokyo Hotel.
0: Butterfly in the
1: sky. I can go to a in
0: case sky. you can't tell, that is not in fact Tokyo Hotel singing. That is the reading rainbow theme, which is a recent trend that has been on TikTok where the reading rainbow theme plays and then um, the head of the people recording the videos kind of floats around in space. So while this song is going, the on screen caption reads, Us trying to figure out TikTok after the label forced us to be on
1: here. The thing is, this isn't even a new argument. Back in October of last year, Charlie XCX posts this video.
0: Well, I didn't really want to be here, so I was made to be here. So obviously I'm just like wanting to get this over with and get on
1: with my life. This is a big inconvenience for me. Charlie's lip syncing to an audio of Naomi Campbell testifying during a war crimes trial. (laughs) Fun little mad lib, And the screen reads, when the label asked me to make my eighth TikTok of the week. Did I
0: know Naomi Campbell testified during a war crimes trial?
1: No. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. You didn't picture Naomi Campbell just strutting at The Hague? No. (laughs) Fast forward to this year, though, we've got at least two more videos in this, what we'll now call a trend, from the one, the only Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran is playing his new song, which Rachel doesn't think is very good, and I um, immediately started bopping to. And in the video, he's eating chips with the on-screen caption, when you are supposed to be making promos for your song, but you really just want to eat a snack, and you decide that eating a snack can be a promo for a song because everyone loves snacks. He's
0: not wrong there. And he's also not the only one making these TikToks because there are more, including one from my biracial queen, Halsey.
1: So as her song is playing, Halsey's looking at the camera, and the text goes by on the screen. It reads, basically, I have a song that I love that I want to release ASAP, but my record label won't let me. I've been in this industry for eight years. I've sold over 165 million records, and my record company is saying that I can't release it until they can fake a viral moment on TikTok. Everything is marketing, and they're doing this to basically every artist these days. I just want to release music, man. I deserve better TBH. I'm tired. Not great. It sucks.
0: It sucks. It's it's not exactly, I don't want to say fair, because like, is anything really fair? But like, it doesn't make me feel great to know that artists are expected to not only create the music that is their primary product, but they're also expected to engineer their own virality.
1: It just, it feels not great. Not everybody has the capabilities. And they shouldn't have to. I'm trying to think who here is a good example of an artist with the range.
0: Probably say, I mean, we've talked about Lil Nas X so many times on this and fucking Lizzo. show, and also Lizzo. Yes, yeah. there are a few artists who have the abilities to make these moments and to have these moments seem organic, which is really important because nothing is worse than a musician trying to make something go viral and it flopping. It's <laughs> it's like watching someone belly flop in a pool. It's really fucking painful.
1: The bigger question here, though, is of course, are these celebrities? being real or is this also a marketing act within a marketing act people have since begun accusing halsey of just that after her tiktok went viral she tweeted on may 23rd at this point i don't know what to do because i told the truth about what's happening and now i still don't have a release date and some of you think i'm lying about this whole fiasco so i'm double fucked lol if you have questions i have answers i have nothing to hide
0: so she's Theoretically not lying. This is apparently not all part of a grand marketing packet that all new artists get where they're like, if you want to go viral, just say that you hate your record label. But another twist comes in this whole saga when an account by the name of Halsey's Cardigan on Twitter, Halsey's Cardigan replies, but some artists also told the truth, not just you, with screenshots of Florence's TikTok, Charlie's TikTok, and a now-deleted one
1: that we haven't mentioned yet from FKA Twigs. <laughs> Cute Charlie XEX quote tweeting, Halsey's cardigan saying, not me, I was just lying for fun. <laughs> Which I think is obviously sarcastic. <laughs> Not least because
0: in a 2021 podcast appearance, Charlie noted that record labels have been demanding this like performed authenticity online for forever.
1: This is obviously no one's fault, but I do think about when we talk about artists who are really good at performing internet authenticity, often because it mm-hmm. starts out genuinely authentically. Taylor Swift, Lil Nas X, mm-hmm. how the trickle down does affect their peers in the industry. You know, record labels here have obviously taken note of. The fact that TikTok's virality is a boon for record sales if you do it right. And that, you know, having an artist present on the app can give you that driver's license moment.
0: But still, it's like a really fine line, as we were saying earlier, between this veneer of authenticity and watching someone just belly flop into a pool of artifice.
1: Hey, Rachel, I'm going to play you a new Maggie Rogers song I really like. Oh, I love Maggie Rogers. Me too.
0: Not me drunk at 2M in the East Village, remembering someone is gonna yell at me in the morning to post on TikTok.
1: All right, so she's in a grungy bathroom looking at the mirror with the robot voice, and underneath it is a snippet of That's Where I Am, which is now a single that's out. This was back in March. Okay, here's the thing for weeks, That little opening lick haunted my dreams because every time I opened TikTok, there would be a new, and you would only get the same number of seconds because Maggie was teasing this song, this single, as a marketing hack. Look, I can't say it completely backfired because I've listened to it a million times. I've listened to the second single from this forthcoming album a million times. But by the time they came out, I was so annoyed. You know, these artists who I'm genuinely excited about, what their labels, ostensibly their labels are making them do is making me hate them. And yet, it's not working because you still listen to the single. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm trying to think of another example where it didn't work. Oh, do you know who Maisie Peters is? No. I've definitely tried to make you listen to her music before. I got Daniel, our producer, hooked. I'll come for you next. (laughs) She's actually, this is very apropos, she's currently opening for Ed Sheeran's tour. Oh, she for weeks now has been like I have this song it's called Kate's Brother and it's all about how she like dated her friend's brother and she teased like line by line for weeks and then it became my record label says if I get to so many faves or views like it just was right that old chestnut I fucking hate that specific
0: growth hack even though I know that it works but the, it's so annoying. It just makes me not want to engage in any of it. I mean, next thing you know, we're going to get musicians saying, if my record label gets enough tweets from y'all about how angry y'all are at
1: them, then I'll release my new music. So the question we're coming up against here is, has complaining about record labels become a new way to reach that all-desired virality point? And how does the demand for more social media affect up-and-coming artists? After the break, we're going to come back and talk about all of that. And uh, I think Rachel and I are going to fight a little about whether we should feel bad for musicians at all. Hey there! If you love our podcast, then please consider subscribing to Slate+. Plus. It means you'll get no ads on any Slate podcast, and you'll be supporting our show. ICYMI would not be possible without your support. Slate Plus really helps us keep this wild show going. And... We'd like that to continue. You'll also get bonus segments or extra episodes of shows like Amicus, Political Gab Fest, Hit Parade, and uh, the excellent new season of Slow Burn. Plus, unlimited reading on the Slate website, access to every article and advice column we have to offer without ever hitting the paywall. Just head to slate.com slash ICYMI Plus to sign up. That's slate.com slash ICYMI Plus. We are back making TikToks about
0: how Slate wants us to make TikToks
1: against our will. (laughs) If you're our boss and you're listening to this, we refuse. We actually don't know what TikTok is. Never heard of it. Who is she? In a lot of ways, there aren't many surprises in what we've been talking about on the show so far. We all know how much success TikTok can bring the music industry. And every brand is desperate to go viral on there at this point.
0: At this point, TikToks are not included in the charts. YouTube streams are, but it doesn't even matter because TikTok runs Billboard. TikTok owns Billboard. TikTok eats Billboard for lunch every single fucking day. There are
1: so many songs that exist and are popular simply because of the clock app. I mean, tell it to that one song that ripped off Miley Cyrus's Seven Things, a classic, that I feel like I cannot escape on TikTok right now.
0: All this is to say is that it makes so much sense that TikTok is very clearly at the front of mind for music labels, for producers... For industry plants, which is a new insult that every single person calls anyone who promotes music on TikTok now. And I have to say, I don't feel bad for like Ed Sheeran. I'm going to choose him specifically because that man is richer than God. And there are very few big names that I feel any kind of pity for in that this is really just an extension of any promo plan that exists. Like if you put out an album and you're at like Halsey's level or Lizzo's level or like Harry Styles level. You were expected to do X many interviews, X many posts with X many brands. It's like whenever an actor's promoting a new movie, you see them do press junkets and you can clearly tell which interviewer had them at the end of the day because they are just so (laughs) fucking tired. And as a human, I feel bad for them. I'm like, God damn, that sucks. As a person
1: who will never make as much money as them, I'm like, you signed up for it. You know, I I don't know Halsey's relationship to their record label, but I am thinking about all the things we do know about how record labels Mm -hmm. have treated artists historically.
0: I mean, even Taylor Swift, who's now re-recording her music. Like, we have heard for years and years that record labels have fucked over their artists. And so I can't help but feel you know, a twinge of sympathy whenever I see these TikToks. But then I also, as the savvy media literate person that I am, I'm also wondering if I'm just feeling pity for what is basically just the new way to generate virality. It's to the musician and label's benefit to generate this kind of sympathy in that if you are a fan of Halsey and you see their video, you're like, I'm gonna go listen to their music. And it encourages fans to rally around this artist, who is supposedly sticking it to the man, but the man is also off-screen
1: signing Halsey's checks. So I don't, you know, it's complicated. It is, and you have to walk right up to that line. The artists I like best are the ones who feel like they have lived inside of my head, even though they know nothing about me. And as a stable adult, I know that on a good day, but other days I think,
0: <laughs> <that> I <hesitation>. wow. <laughs>
1: Wow. They read my diary. They are me. And that helps make the music you're listening to that much more enjoyable. It's that much more of a sensation to feel really seen or heard or understood on an emotional, a spiritual, even just a like, damn, this is what I like to bop to. Ed, you get me kind of level. I think what I'm saying is there's a point up into which I really want to believe that I have a special relationship with an artist, even though I know it's not real, but I get something out of believing that. But once they cross the The threshold, which I think we're seeing with these TikToks of like, oh, wait, can I not trust you? Suddenly you question all of those other things that made you feel good and made you buy albums and buy sweatshirts and concert tickets and more sweatshirts and Christmas ornaments. I mean, no one wants
0: to see the strings of marketing. They exist. We know they're there. We know that artists encourage this parasocial relationship, but I don't want to see the effort happening. But the people I keep thinking about throughout this are not like Halsey or Ed Sheeran or even Florence Welch, my queen. The people I'm thinking about are the people I don't know. They're the artists who are coming up who don't even have the built-in audience where a TikTok about their record label is gonna go viral. And most importantly, artists who don't have any desire to be on social media. If you're a musician who wants to sell out stadiums, you are already fully invested in the machinery of pop stardom. But if you're just a regular, degular musician who wants to make your music and reach maybe 10,000 people, does it really make sense for your label to ask you to invite fans into your life with authentic TikToks?
1: I don't think so. Stars being forced to be accessible on the internet? But also importantly, yeah, this isn't new.
0: This cat has been out of the bag for years, decades at this point. But the artists we're talking about also have more power than the artists we don't really know about in that they can say no to certain demands. Like Ed Sheeran can eat crisp fried potatoes on camera and count it as promo. The smaller other artists don't. They actually have to divulge some secrets or personal tidbits that maybe they don't fucking want to. So, yeah, importantly, I'm sorry I cheer and I keep saying I don't feel sorry for you because I really fucking don't. But He's the straight white
1: guy in the mix here. It was always going to be the obvious. It was always going
0: to be him. But I just I don't necessarily think that feeling sympathy for these artists means that we're being taken in by the marketing campaign. I think that it means that we're thinking critically about what record labels are demanding of artists and we should always do that because it's getting weird in here, not least because as I see these demands being put onto stars, which, yes, these demands for publicity have always existed, but not in the kind of authentic, quote, way that they now exist. I can't help thinking of stars like Ari Lennox or No Name, artists for whom social media has largely been a toxic experience and they have been very vocal about that. They have both said they're taking a break from music quite literally because of the demands in social media. And I just don't think that record labels are ever going to give a single shit about the mental or emotional health of their stars because all press is good press, even when your star is melting down on Twitter. So Ed, maybe we should, maybe I should feel sorry for Ed Sheeran. Maybe that's where I'm coming to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He tried to tell us, and now, Ed, we're listening.
0: Alright, that is the show. We will be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss Madison singing the Genovian theme song and then transitioning into the Canadian theme song. Please leave a rating and a 5 star review on Apple or Spotify. It really does help grow the show. And please tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions like, Should I feel sorry for Ed Sheeran? And you can also always drop us a
1: note at IcyYMI at Slate.com. IcyYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader, Rachel Hampton, and me, Madison Malone-Kircher. Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of Audio. See you online.
0: Or in the recording studio.
1: Let's go, girls. Man, I feel like a woman. Is that what that song sounds like to you?